0: All right, come and grab a seat, everybody, and we can't wait to dive into the Word of God this morning. Awesome. Well, once again, we wanted to welcome everybody here. I know you've gotten a lot of welcomes this morning, but we are a welcoming community. We are a welcoming church, and we're so glad that you are here. Uh, My name's Matt. Again, this is my beautiful wife, Tanya. Isn't she amazing, you guys? Come on, that's worth clapping for. Uh, This is my amazing wife. I still can't believe that I get to be married to her. Uh, 18 years later now? Well, 17 and a half. Okay, fine. And uh, 17 and a half. You got to be careful when you throw out numbers. (laughs) Get yourself in trouble. Uh, But we're so excited that you're here. We're so excited to be your pastors and to be able to bring the word this morning. And for those of you who are new who have not been here before, we want to loop you in on what we've been talking about. Uh, We've been doing a series on values. It has been so exciting to be able to start our time as lead pastors by talking about the life church values. Why? Because it explains to you our identity and our culture. And we have a purpose statement. And our purpose statement is this As life church, what are we here for? Church, we are here to care for and bring people to Jesus. That's what we are here for. We are here to care for and bring people to Jesus. Again, we don't save anybody. Right? We could put on the best show for everybody. We could have the, you know, the best thing going on with the lights and everything, and, and that doesn't save people, but it's the presence of God drawing people to himself. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Yeah. And so we come to lift up the name of Jesus, and our goal in life is to care for and bring people to him. Amen? And we don't know where we're going in the future, but we do know where, we're going wherever Jesus is, and where he is, there is life, there is hope, there is yeah. restoration. Yeah. There is peace. And so this morning, as we bring the word, first of all, I didn't say this, Tiny's up here for a reason, because we're actually going to bring this message together. Yeah. Isn't that cool? So it's going to be a little unique this morning. Uh, the reason for that, and part of the reason for that is because this morning, we're going to be talking about our next value, and that value is the value of <gasps> family. <laughs> the value of family. And we have a statement under that value, and that is that we... As Life Church are a diverse welcoming community. Yeah. We are a diverse welcoming community and we value family. Ton you want to bring them up to speed?
1: Yes. So Uh, For those of you that are new here, you think, why is there two of them up here? This isn't a normal practice, but during this series of values, it's so close to both of our heart. We sought the Lord, and we brought it before our associate pastors and our eldership, and it's just we wanted to deliver it together to the church, and so that's why we're going to be tag-teaming up here this morning. But we've been going through our values, and our first one was Word of God. We build our lives on His Word. That is our number one value, worship. We are a Holy Spirit-led church who lives to see God glorified in all things. So we unpack that for you with uh, what we believe about worship. Number three, value, our third value, prayer. We are a house of prayer, and we will be dependent on Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Um, Rest, we will operate out of a place of grace. No striving. We want to just rest and operate out of his grace. Number five, last week, Pastor Matt Matt just um, re- did an awesome sermon on growth. We believe that healthy things grow. That's our, that's our personal lives, our relationship with the Lord, and our church. Healthy things grow. And then this morning, we're going to talk about family. We are a diverse, welcoming community.
0: Yeah, and really our big idea behind this thought is this. We are united by a common culture and identity where the one who unites us is greater than the differences that divide us. Let me repeat that to you again. As a church, we believe that we are united by a common culture and identity where the one who unites us is greater than than the differences that divide us. Now we want to give you some examples of that from Scripture. And what we're going to do is we're going to read two Scriptures as our text this morning. Then we're going to pray, and then we're going to unpack this idea. You guys with me? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. If you want to turn to that one, we're going to come back to that one later. So that would be a good one to turn to. We're going to be reading this morning from the New Living Translation. And... Um, And so I'm going to go ahead and read the first one. The second one's going to be Ephesians 4.16, okay? Revelation 7, 9, and 10 says, After this I saw a great vast crowd, too great to count, and from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb, they were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar, Salvation comes from our God, who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. And Ephesians 4.16 He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Amen. Church, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you that your word is living and active, Lord Jesus. We thank you that your word will accomplish what it is set out to do, and it will not return void. And Father, we pray this morning as we dig in and dive into your word and try to understand it better, Lord God, that it would go deep in our hearts and it would form roots deep in us, Lord Jesus, so that we could bear good fruit, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that there would be less of us and more of you as we read your word this morning, Lord God. And d- dig into it Lord Jesus. We pray that you'd help Tanya and I to get out of the way and not be a distraction to what you want to do this morning. In Jesus name, we have great expectations because yeah. we serve a great God. In Jesus name and everybody said, amen. 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 Well, we're talking this morning about family. And I know one thing that you might all be aware of is that each family has some very unique personalities that make up a single unit. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Unique personalities that make up a single unit. And when I was thinking about that, cont- that idea in the context of our family, the Jansen family, I thought I'd kind of unpack that for you and explain what it looks like in our home, okay? If, like, you would kind of look at it this way, as if each one of us in the family had our own superpower, right? right? Like, we have this superpower, and we're all kind of unique in that. And so, like, Tanya, this is Tanya's superpower. Tanya is beautiful all the time. Okay, so I'm just, I'm getting brownie points here, guys. Just help me out here. Okay, help me out. Beautiful all the time. Never, never not. She's just amazing. And the other thing that she has, this superpower, is this superpower of organization. I mean, my wife is amazing, you guys. It's incredible. You walk into our home, and everything has a place. So this is how it works in my home. If I'm ever missing something, if I'm like, hey, hon, where is that? You know what I just do? I just go, where would it probably be most naturally? And then I check there, and that's where it is, because that's what Tanya does. If you walk into our home and we have our Christmas decorations up, maybe it's a little bit early, but we have them up in our home. And you walked in, you just you walk up to our tree and you take a decoration and you take it off the tree and you move it to another part of the tree. My wife will walk in without even realizing it, totally subconscious, and she'll grab that decoration and she'll put it back where it was before. She that is, it's true. It is a superpower. It is uncanny, you guys. Unbelievable. That's her superpower. Then I would say the next one is Josiah, our oldest son. And I would say his superpower is chill, talented. I mean, that kid is just like cool as a cucumber. And he does everything well. He's so embarrassed right now. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> he does everything well. He does everything well. And I just love that about him. He is super talented and, um, and great piano player, great soccer player, great, awesome kid, smart kid. And we're just so proud of Josiah. Ton, what about our girls? Well,
1: then the girls. Our middle daughter, Ashlyn. You did get the opportunity to see them um, here today. But Ashlyn is super creative, like amazingly creative. Uh, she's always making something. She's always creating something. She's always writing a song. She's already always playing a song. She's painting. She's dancing. She's crafting, like all the time. Now, you can imagine how those superpowers work with my organization and her free-for-all creativity <laughs> mess all the time. It's a beautiful thing. And see families aren't always perfect. They're very messy too, right? Messy because of people. Um and then Aubrey our youngest, she's 8, but she's like 30 years old in her like wit and intelligence. She's like keeps us all laughing, which yeah. I think is a common characteristic of the baby of the family, right? They're always funny and making everyone laugh and she's always coming up with these one-liners that just gets us all going. Yeah. And um, so, yes, and that is our family. Matt over here, he's just crazy talented, right? Like, I mean, you've seen him. He can play the guitar. He can play the piano. He can play the drums. He can preach. He owns a business. He kind of just is a master of all trades. So superpower there. So we all come together to form a family with these wonderful strengths but also weaknesses, right? And we're diverse. And despite these unique gifts and personalities, there's an overarching identity that our family shares, that you as a family, when your family, some of you are single here, well, you have a family that you're a part of. Some of you have children, you have a family. Like we're all a part of a family. And we have, even with all our different unique personalities, we have an identity that is covering over all of us. And that is that we are followers of Jesus, right? That's the church's identity. In our family, in our small family, we have, even though we're all unique, we just told you all our different personalities, we have one thing is that we are the Jansons. That's our identity. We are the Jansen family.
0: Yeah, and so what that looks like for us, let's tell you a quick story. Um, when, you know, this is what it looks like. We are the Jansons. It overrides those unique identities. Again, it's this idea that We are united by a common culture and identity where the one who unites us is greater than the differences that divide us. There's this overarching identity that goes over us even as a unit as the Jansen family. And one of the ways that worked out in our lives, and we've seen it work out, is just in the way that we introduce our kids to God. And I remember when Josiah was about five years old, and we were sitting down, and he's always been a really intelligent, great thinker. I asked him permission to tell this story, so he's cool with it. And we were sitting together at night. I was putting him to bed, and Josiah looks at me very seriously as a five-year-old. And says, Dad, I don't believe in God. And I'm like, whoa. And I'm praying in the spirit under my my breath. I'm like, God, Jesus, please give me wisdom. I just need to know how to respond to him. And I looked at him and I said, Josiah, I am so glad that you're thinking about that. Because one of the things that God has given us is a free will. It's part of the reason that we can worship him is because we can choose whether or not we're going to follow him. And one day, you're going to be old enough where you're going to make that decision for yourself about who you're going to serve and what you're going to go after. But I'll tell you one thing, we're the Jansons. You don't have to worry about right now because we're the Jansons, and we follow God. And that overarching identity took the weight off of his shoulders as a unique individual that he could know that as a Jansen family, that's what we do is we serve Jesus. There's an overarching identity identity. And when we talk about the value of family at Life Church, there's many levels to that statement. You know, we talk about we value family. What do we mean by that? And if we were to Google Earth zoom in and out on this subject, we would zoom in at the beginning to this idea of the families as in a unit, as in the families that we have surrounding us, the Schroders, the Jansons, and all the families that are around us. So when we say this, the first thing we want you to know is that as Life Church, we want to support your family and we treasure the generations.
1: So that's number one. Okay, number one, when we talk about that we value family, we support your family, that we want to be a church that comes together and comes around and supports our family. And we treasure all the different generations that are represented. That means baby dedications, thriving and engaging kids ministry, where we are encouraging and teaching our younger generation to know Jesus. Right then, they graduate into youth ministry. And there, we're wanting to um, encourage them and guide them and help them along as they're figuring out their walk with the Lord as teenagers. Then going to young adults, we want to see the young Adults engaged in community and growing in the relationship with the Lord. And then married, young married, and then um, supporting those marriage weddings, support for young families. Young families will come out of those. And then there will be seasons of that maybe some people experience divorce, and we want to be family that is there for you and picking up the pieces because not always is it perfect and beautiful, right? We want to be there. And seniors' ministries and all the generations, do you see it from zero to 100 years old and plus? That is the family of God, and we at Life Church want to be here together to support one another, all of us, supporting and cheering on the generations.
0: And all of this, again, mostly is about seeing generations serve Jesus together. I love it in Psalm chapter 71 verse 18. It says, "Now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all that come after me." Come on, we are a witness and a testimony to God's goodness. And we are proclaiming it to each generation in each stage of life. In Psalm 79, verse 13, it says, Then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will thank you forever and ever, praising you, your greatness from generation to generation. We declare his greatness, church. Life, church, we are here to declare his greatness, that the one who unites us is greater than the uniqueness that divides us. Amen? Amen. It's a distinction. Now, this is also a distinctive of Life Church, and one thing that you'll notice here is that we value generational worship. And so, what that means is you'll notice that we have the kids stay in for our worship service, and that's actually intentional because that's been a part of the culture of Light Church for many, many years, where we want to show the kids an example of people that worship Jesus. So, just just for a second, just look at the person beside you and say, "You're a worship leader." Church, we're not the worship leaders up front. We are all leading worship because there is a generation that is watching your example. And as you worship and you glorify God, you're setting an example for them to follow as they grow in their relationship with the Lord. It's generation to generation. Okay, and number two. So that's number one, which is that we uh, support families. We want to support your family, and we treasure the generations, whatever stage of life you're in. And again, Tanya mentioned it. You know, uh, uh, children, we baby dedications, singles, uh, uh, marrieds, uh, uh, seniors, uh, all the different generations, all the different stages of life. We want to support you and be here for you. Okay, number two, we believe in a unity in Christ that surpasses our differences. Okay, now here we go, guys. We're going to Google Earth out. We're going to zoom out. and We're going to get an overall vision and picture of what this looks like when we talk about we value families. And I'm going to say it again. We believe in a unity in Christ that surpasses our differences. Now, we just spoke early about this overarching identity that unites our unique personalities. And as Christians, our primary identity is follower of Jesus. Our primary identity, the first identity that we have, is we are followers of Jesus. And that identity ought to override everything else yeah. and every other identity. Yeah. In Romans chapter uh, 8, verse 15, it says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received uh, God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba, Father. Church, this is something that we have in common. You are children of the Most High God. We are family because the one that unites us is greater than the differences that divide us. Now, what does this look like in Scripture? We're going to give you four examples of what this looks like. That there's something greater that is going on, something that overarchs what we see as us and them. That God is doing something greater than that. And the first example I wanted to give you is from the book of Joshua. And in the book of Joshua, if you know the story, Joshua is the new leader of Israel. Moses has is passed on, Joshua has taken over, and his job and his mission is to take the children of Israel who have left Egypt and take them into the promised land that God has for them. And so what happens is he, he takes the children of Israel, they go through the Jordan River, God opens up a, on dry land, they walk through onto the other side into the promised land. Then they have a ritual they have to go through of circumcision. And then as Joshua is about to lead the children of Israel into Jericho, as he's standing there looking down at the city or in that area, in that vicinity, the Bible says that a man appeared before him. And in Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 and 14, it says, And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you with us, or are you for our adversaries? Are you with us, or are you for our adversaries? Church, we are in a time frame right now in, in our church and in the epoch of time where there is so much division that has been taking place within the church. There are so many different opinions out there about the, the, the political climate that we face. Yeah. There's so many opinions out there about how we ought to treat and, and respond to the, uh, the pandemic that we are facing. And there is room everywhere right now where people are saying, are you with us or are you against us? Yes. Yeah. And I love how the angel of the Lord responds to Joshua. Because so Joshua goes, hey, are you with us or are you against us? And the angel goes no. (laughs) Awkward silence. What? (laughs) Okay, no, no, I just asked you, are you with us? Are you against us? And the angel's like, no. He says this, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have come. And Joshua fell to, his, to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does the Lord say to his servant? Wow. Come on. Yeah. There is an identity that overrides yes. our differences. Yes. There is a king that we serve that unites us. And he prayed and he said, Lord, that they would be one just as I am one. And as we are one. And so we come together under united, under that common identity, that we are followers of Jesus. Just like the man of God that came before the angel that came before Joshua and said, no, I am a commander of the Lord's armies." In other words, there's something greater that is going on here. There's a greater identity. There's a greater truth. There's something that God is doing in the earth that is beyond what we see here on this planet. It's like that. it says in Colossians, lift your eyes, set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. We recognize that what God is doing in heaven is greater than what we see here on earth.
1: I just love that revelation. Matt's been sharing that one with me. And I just—I was praying yesterday about this sermon, and I said to Matt, I said, if there is one thing that I really feel strongly that the Lord has put on my heart that you need to hear, all this stuff about family is so good, but that we need to be a church that our identity and who he is greater than the division and all our different opinions. It is so important right now. And I love that story about how the angel just was like, no. Like, I'm not going to get into all your arguments. I'm not going to deal with that right now. I am of the army of the Lord. And that needs to be our response. We need to just go higher. There's a lot out there right now. Church, let's just, let's have a higher response. Let's look up yep. and let's not That's get good. caught up in all of our opinions over what's going on in the world today. Because there is a lot. And you know what? None of us know who is right or wrong, except for him. Right? right. So it's really wasting our time we got better things to do, right, church? Okay. Number two, the Old Testament prophets proclaimed the unity of the nations coming to God. Okay? So it's been, it's proclaimed in the scriptures. I'm going to read some awesome scriptures about this unified nations, unified generations. Okay? In Isaiah 56 verse 7, it says, "'Even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar.'" For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Okay, I'm going to highlight those, for all nations. Psalm 22, verse 27. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. We're not, we're not, oh, these ones that believe this, this group that believes this. No, 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 no. All. All right, Isaiah 55, verse 5. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Those are just some scriptures that are just showing that God sees everyone as a unified, okay? Nations, all nations.
0: And then we see another example in the book of Acts. And in the day of Pentecost, you may recall... The disciples were all in the upper room waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 4 and 6, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, and check this out, from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language check this out church there is a language of heaven that overrides our ethnicities and our differences yeah. the one who unites us is greater than the one that divides yeah. come on there is a language of heaven God is showing us a glimpse of heaven and of eternity and of what God is doing in the kingdom of God what he's doing right now and as he is unifying the nations under a common a common language under a common t- word, uh, the that, that idea that we all come together. That's, uh, he he exple- expresses that and he shows it to us uh, in that example of the, the day of Pentecost.
1: And then we get to Revelation and the scripture that we read at the beginning when we started speaking. And it's from Revelation 7, verse 9 and 10. This is John's vision of heaven. And verse 9 says, After this I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, From every nation and tribe and people and language. I'm going to just repeat that. From every nation and tribe and people and language. Can you capture that vision, church? Every nation, tribe and people and language standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. Verse 10. And they were shouting with a great Roar. Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. You know, this is what I see in this prophetic vision, is that when we are unified, different cultures, different ethnicities, different opinions, different families, when we join together under the identity of the one who unites us, our sound is a great roar. Amen? A great roar that the world will not be able to... To yeah. ignore. That's
0: so good. I think it's good. Do you guys <laughs> think it's good? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yes, think it's awesome. I was going to tell this yeah, story. That's that. right. Yeah, yeah.
1: And um, I have this really unique opportunity to watch this family, my sister and her husband, have a heart for adoption. And they actually run an organization that's Canadian-wide, that supports and um, loves on and financially cares for families that have a passion and a heart to to adopt and or foster. And um, it's just beautiful. They've been doing this for their whole marriage. And they also have adopted their fourth little child is um, from Japan. And they got him from birth. And so we were able to watch this beautiful Beautiful picture of God's love for the family, right, for the world. And so they went over to Japan with their three children all under the age of five. All the moms out there, I just want you to think about what my sister did. She had three children under the age of five, a flight to Japan to go pick up this little baby that was their son. And there's no greater picture of this unity and the family of God than I think than adoption, we just talks about it in scripture all the time. And so they go over there and they were always teaching their little kids. And now their kids, um, little Micah, his name is, he's four now. And um, so we've been, a, we've been a part of his life since four. And, and my sister Tamara and her husband Christian, they they have been so intentional about raising their family and teaching them about the Japanese culture and including it and telling the whole birth story. And they tell their kids about, you know, that he, you know, they, the kids know because they remember going to Japan, but they're very open in their family. But what is so cool is that their third son, who is now six, but from the whole time since when he first When they first adopted him, he was one and a half, like the brother's Houston. Micah is the little boy that they adopted. But little Houston, who's just a year and a half older, this whole time, he, even though he knows that, yes, he's Japanese, little Micah's Japanese and he's Canadian, he doesn't see any different. He still will look, my sister always like giggles about it, but he'll look through photo albums, the little brother, and be like, oh. Don't Micah and I look alike? We're just we look so much alike. I see that we you could totally tell we're brothers, right? And he's still he and he's six now, he's in kindergarten, little Houston, and he still is completely, blissfully, beautifully ignorant to the fact that that Micah is Japanese, and he totally does not look like him. Like, Houston is blue eyes, blonde hair. You know, that's the whole, my sister's whole family is blonde hair, blue eyes. And then they have this little sweet Micah. And you know what? This little brother does not even see it. He knows, yes, he's from Japan, but because the love that is in that family and the identity that is so instilled in them as the family, as a family unit, he does not see the differences. And I just think it's the most beautiful picture of what we're talking about here, family. Yeah,
0: so good, so good. So again, the one who unites us is greater than the things that divide us. So, what does it look like to be a part of the family of Life Church? And we wanted to just kind of unpack that for you. This what this series is really about is proclaiming the, the culture, expressing it, and explaining it. And so, we wanted to give you some really practical um, thoughts about what this looks like. What are some unique features to our church? Uh, and some of you are new here, so this is good. You kind of get a little bit of an insight. Um, First of all, when we did this and we talked about these ideas, we actually sat with Pastor Mike and Ev, as well as we talked this over with the elders, because we always want to honor the past. This church, by the way, has been here since the 1960s. And we always want to honor the past. There's a rich culture and heritage and people that have given of themselves and sacrificed to build this. So we always want to do that, but we also want to build towards the future. So, what does it look like to be here at Life Church? What does it look like to be a part of our family at Life Church? By the way, you're all welcome to be a part of that family. Just want to be really clear about that. Number one, we have a common purpose, and our purpose is to care for and bring people to Jesus. Y'all know that? Can we just say it together because we've been saying it so often? One, two, three, two, care for and bring people to Jesus. That's what we're here for. Number two, we have common values. We're in the the process of communicating those to you. Just so you know, there's only two left. Um, Should I give them a little insight into what those are? So the next one is going to be the value of honor. And the last one is going to be the value of recognizing the kingdom of God. And so we're going to be talking about those two things. Um, Reaching out to other people is the last one. In that idea. So we're going to be getting to those, our common values. And then number three, there's some distinctives that make us unique as Life Church. What is unique about our church? Um, Some of those things would be
1: okay, we are a welcoming family feel community church. And you know what, when we came here, we just came here 2 years ago and as associate pastors, and the one thing that was so impressed we we were so impressed by was the welcoming family feel that is here in Life Church. So we're not speaking like prophetically or anything like that no. like we will be a family church. No, no, no. You are and have been and we were recipients of that when we came in new just 2 years ago. And you enveloped us and just embraced us with this warm mom and dad big feel and and so that's already here that's already here church you are a family um your family church that you um you welcome and you there's a community here that's strong and it's beautiful
0: yep number two we are a holy spirit presence driven church And we uh, believe in the prophetic, that it's for today. So we are not a cessationist church. We believe that the gifts of the Spirit are for today and active in our church body. And we want them to be active in your life. It's we're not going to spend a lot of time unpacking that. That's just, we'll just state that.
1: Yeah. Multicultural, multigenerational. Another thing that we are so um, blessed with when we came in here is the different cultures that are represented here in this church. It's beautiful. And we embrace that and we want that. Different cultures and then the multigenerations, like we were talking about before. Zero, the babies, all the way till past 100. And we just want to see that continuing on in our church. Multicultural, multigenerational. generational.
0: Yep. Another distinctive of our movement is co-pastoring, and this is something we are part of a fellowship called Ministers Fellowship International, uh, which has a Canadian uh, branch as well as an American branch and international, and we're a part of that community. And one of the distinctives of our church is you'll often see something that's a little bit unique in that they'll be uh, co-pastoring. And so Tanya and I are both the lead pastors. Um, we believe in empowering women in ministry, um, and we have a theological reason for that as well. One day we'll preach on that, but not today. Um, so that's uh, that's something. This has historically been the case at Life Church, and it will continue.
1: And also another distinctive of our church, and all churches believe in this, but we believe in missions, and we believe in thinking about uh, beyond these four walls, right? We want to go out into our community, into the nations, and we want to see people. Brought to Jesus amen and but one thing that is a distinctive of our church is that we own a little store a living room store down on 152nd near the beach kind of as you're going down there and it's a thrift store that has been there since the 1960s pastor make 70s and all the proceeds to that thrift store go to missions and that has been happening for all of those amount of years it is the most beautiful example of missions. I love that we're in the community, so we're blessing people in the community because they can come and purchase things that you know, it would be a more discounted rate. So I love that we're there, but I also love the, the vision that we're just pouring the blessing of the money of that store all into missions.
0: So just saying, Christmas is coming. If you guys want to check it out, it's pretty cool stuff. So yeah, living room store. So we value family, we're a diverse. Welcome. We should just give community. a shout out to Marine. Marine, Marine, yeah. just give
1: it. Marine runs the living room store, so, and yeah. she directs it. Does and an she does awesome a phenomenal job. job. I didn't see you right away, but Maureen, thank you. She runs it. She, she, her heart is for it too. So we thank you for your passion in running it.
0: Awesome. Well, we're gonna close this here, you guys. Excuse Keep me. Keep
1: the donations coming. Keep she the said. donations
0: coming. Good thank little you, plug Marine. there. Yeah. Probably good. volunteers too. <laughs> volunteers, yeah, definitely. So we're gonna close today with a big idea once again. That we are united by a common culture and identity, where the one who unites us is greater than the differences that divide us. Now today, we've communicated a very organized, uh, you know, systematic characterization of the idea of family. But in reality, family is not always clean and neat, and often, family life is messy. You should have seen us come to church this morning.
1: (laughs) Why does that always happen on the way to church? Yeah, I don't know.
0: The church is definitely not immune to that. Church family can and will get messy at times, and family can be a labor and a burden. But here's the word of the Lord to you this morning. Matthew 11:28 through30 says this: "Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy-laden, and I will give you rest." Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Life Church, we're a family. And I just want to encourage you today that this is a safe place. If you need a place where you can come to heal, this is a safe place. If you need to come to a place where you want to grow in your faith and your relationship with Jesus, this is a safe place. Life Church is a diverse, welcoming community. Why? Because the one who unites us is greater than the things that divide.